This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Cause we're gonna be Clip 1, October 2nd, 2015, on Ask Gary V episode 149. In this clip from Ask Gary V, Gary answers a question from Alex Icon on scaling a business while maintaining positive culture internally. Question to you, it's very yes. business related. Please. Uh, as you know, we built something similar to you, we got inspired off, yes. crushed it. Yes. So, did the same thing, did, did a lot of jabs, did it yep. put in a lot of work over yes. the years. Now build, build the, leverage. Yeah, build leverage, build the trust yep. brand. Yep. You have a substantial business now in the seven figures. Yep. But now that it's been a couple of years, we, we kind of stagnated. Yeah. Uh, because, uh, so, so, my question, so my question to you is, and I think one of the weaknesses here is actually scaling. Yes. So because we try to do everything ourselves, we have a small team, but how do you actually build that team with you? And most important question is that, how do you build and maintain that culture and that, that love, that you, the same love that you have for the business in other people. In other people. <laughs> this is a very, this is a very Eastern European question. There's <laughs> very common things that. So the answer is you don't. If you expect somebody else to love your business as much as you, you two are out of your mind. And this is something I try to teach my dad as a young kid. I'm like, Dad, you own the business. How do you want them to love this as much as you do? What you need to do is several different things. They, uh, First of all, thank you for asking me a question. I lived it. I did it at Wine Library from people that are more like you. You guys went to zero to something just like my pops. And how I scaled it was I taught him these pillars. And I taught him these pillars. Which is number one, get over that. It's over. They're never gonna love it as much as you. And if you're lucky enough, like I find, like that amazing man behind you, if you can find people that could love it 8.5 as much of a 10, 9.2 as much of a 10, 9.7 on a holy grail moment out of 10, well then you've won. So that's never gonna happen. And it's actually completely, completely disrespectful for you two to even want that from somebody else. Because you'd never love somebody else's business as much as you love your own. So why are you gonna try to make somebody else do that? Number one. Number two, the biggest mistake people make at this point is you start wanting to cash in on some of the fruits of this amazing hard work. It's a little bit more exciting to dress a little bit better, to live in a better place, to take a vacation, to do all these things, I get it. The way to scale and grow is to have the dollars to continue to scale and grow. If you're doing everything yourself, there's a couple reasons. One, you're perfectionist and don't think anybody else can do it. Two, you see other people do it and they do it as an eight to your 10 and that's not good enough. Three, you do not want to deploy the money because you want to use those monies for other things for yourselves and other things. All three are massive vulnerabilities. Fix those three and you will grow. I run my businesses the first five, 10 years of their lives at no profit. And I did it, and people can say, now easy for you, I was 28 years old, I built a humongous business, and I was making $40,000 a year. I had friends that were half me, and a hundredth of me, making more money, had better cars, were having more fun. I was 28 years old, making $40,000 a year. And I built a $30 million business at that point. That's eating your own dog food. So, get over yourselves and be thankful that people want to work for you and get them to an eight or nine, and you get them to an eight or nine by loving them more. What you did for your audience, you need to do for your employees, employees 10 times more. Biggest mistake entrepreneurs make. They, they treat their employees worse than they treat their customers. Biggest mistake. Treat them better than you treated your audience. 
Then they'll get from a six to an eight, and that's amazing. They'll never get to a 10. It's not their business. Number two, decide how much you want to live great now versus every dollar, every dollar you take that trip to Spain is $3 less that you make three years from now. But what if you have still substantial money after vacations, after everything? And Invest then you, it. And into people. But people, but how do you find these people who are still eight even or seven? But easy, because you need to treat them better, because you got them, you just need to change the way you're treating them. And if they don't get there after you treat them way better, you fire them. And you find people that do react to you giving them more value than they're providing you. Cool. Do you understand? Yeah. Really? Not fully. So that's, that's why I'm not letting you go. Uh, Here's my thing. You can't get, how many employees do you guys have? Uh, around the world, seven right now. Great. You need to really vet them. The number one thing I would do if I were you is I would call them right after the show and say, what can I do to make this much better for you? Yeah. So, we good. Do that. Good. Do you deliver on everything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah, we leave, yeah. Well, then you should be having no problem. Then, then, then I'm a little bit more confused. Wow. Then either you have not built enough trust with them for them to tell you the truth, or you're just not hiring fast enough. I think we're, we're not, not hiring, hiring fast, fast enough. enough. Good. Because no, because we're 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 trying to have everybody to be like fully ten. So, you know. We Eric, 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 Eric was what number in place? 17? 17. He watched Vayner go from 17 to 200. Then for, for personal reasons he went to Boston, he's back now and we're 600. What Eric can tell you, and all the Vayner media employees from 17 to 200, stick with me here, this is not an insult. He knows how many four, five, six, seven, and eights. You need four, five, six, seven, and eights when you're big. You can't make seven tens. That's not how you scale and win. Yeah. That's the secret. It's not about you guys getting seven people to a ten. It's about you hiring forty people at eight. Okay. Well, how about the, here's Go last ahead. question follow yeah. up. So we're at six seven right now, but it's for many businesses. We're trying okay. to split, split them up. Uh, this is actually a question I wanted to ask you for a long, very long time. If you're starting, uh, yeah, if so, you had a question that you've wanted to ask me for a very long okay. time. How wasn't that the question okay, you started no, with? That, that, you needed that preface got it. to okay, get to this it. question. Go ahead. Okay, so the question is, knowing you have a successful business, you have yeah. money in the bank, yeah. everything's great, yes. business is still growing, everything's Bad awesome. Much. Yeah, yeah, I know. Go ahead. But the thing is, who would, you, who would be your first five, like you have, say, customer service hired. Yes. Uh, and one marketing person, but yeah. who would be your next five hires? I, I'd have to look at your business and understand. So first of all, e-commerce. So first of all, I would reverse. Product. First and foremost, I would reverse engineer you two. Mm. Whatever you two like doing the most and are the best at, I would surround the hires around that. I'd let you continue to do that. Because a lot of people try to replace the thing they're best at, that's the mistake. Stay doing what you do best at, and whatever the two of you collectively do the weakest, that's when you hire, in order, five next people. Whether that's finance, HR, product, e-com, technology, whatever they are. But what's been your most best hire for you uh, in, in that first kind of in that wine library when you scaled? The what best. Was, what was one of the best hires for you that the best, like the best hires I've ever made have been the friends that I've hired. That's the big secret to me. Mm-hmm. But um, position-wise, probably the financial people. You know, like the CFOs, the, the lead financial person have been the best hires because they've given me a context to hey, because I'm so aggressive, I I want to spend every dollar. So that gives a vulnerability. The reason I've never gone out of business is I'm so much better at selling than everybody else in the world. I can always keep afloat, even against my enormous investment. Um, I, so I, at, at, at VaynerMedia, I would say Mark Yodkin, the lawyer, creating legal in-house was a huge hire. Uh, 
Kelly, an early uh, managing director, because she created a lot of context. Uh, and then people that look like Eric, which were disproportionately talented and open for, to allow me to mold, because we were all playing a new game. People that are moldable but talented are very attractive. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Thanks so much. Thank you. Clip two, November 9th, 2017, on Ask V episode 268. In this clip with Bob Safian, Gary answers a question about finding a balance between what you need and what you want when trying to save money to spend on your business. I almost forgot it. Oh my God. All right. Uh, here we go. <laughs> I, I, uh, basically, my, my question was, you know, what, how do we balance between saving up to go on the offense and spending? I, I know you talk a lot about spending to get those one or two things you need. But that's really where I'm at in life. You know, I'm, I'm really trying to save everything I can, but it's like a careful balance between that and not going crazy because you're like, you know, I, I can't even spend on like a new pair of glasses or something like that. So it's like, how, how do you find that balance between what you, what you need uh, to, to kind of fulfill yourself and then um, saving to, to fulfill your future like business ambitions or, or whatever kind of investment you want to make, whatever it may be. Bob, what he's referring to, uh, you're gonna get a lot of inside baseball references here now right from on. my community, is like, I just don't think people should spend money on anything and save it and deploy it against their business and like win in the long term. I'm, I'm just obsessed with pushing as hard as I can against the short term thinking that completely dominates entrepreneurship and society right now. And Evan, I think you're taking it a little bit further down the path, right? You're like, Gary, I got you. I'm not buying a Lamborghini, but am I allowed to buy a new shirt? I mean, is that where you're going? Basically, I mean, and of course, I know it's like, you know, I'm allowed to do that. It's just, of course. You know, like, wh- wh- when does it stop, right? Like, because you could, you know, split sheets as you always talk about, but it's like, at some point, you got to kind of, you know, say, okay, I have enough to where I could at least fulfill this lifestyle. So, some of the some of the hardest lessons in life are about discipline, right? Discipline and focus. You got to, like, what right. are the things that are really most important to you? You know, sometimes people say, oh, I have 10 ideas for a startup, right? Which one should I do, right? Well, maybe you shouldn't do any of them, right? You got to find the one, the one thing that's really most important to you. And with, with each of these decisions, you, you need to identify for your life, what is the discipline that's most important to you? That's what you invest your time in. That's what you invest your money in. And if you're not sure what that is, then you keep moving. Like, save it. Keep your powder dry for the shit you really want to go for. I mean, I got to tell, tell you something, man. You said something interesting. You said, at what point do I get to spend to fulfill this lifestyle? My lifestyle is not the stuff that I get to buy being an entrepreneur. My lifestyle is the eating the Yeah, that, that, that's what's most satisfying, right? Do you understand? Love it. <laughs> I mean, that's a super important thing, man. You said it subtly. You said, when, at what point do I get to cash in or cash out to fulfill the promise of the lifestyle? This is the right, narrative. Maybe wanting to cash out is the problem. Bingo. Yeah. And I really am pumped you got to say it instead of people in the comment section saying it. My man, if you understand that part, the whole thing changes. My ambition to buy anything, and let's call it what it is, including the New York Jets, is zero. My chase of the New York Jets by eating the 18 hours a day is the lifestyle. And we have 95% of the market believing that the lifestyle is you do something to get the fun stuff and it's the 5% that understand the process is the fun stuff that get to buy the 95% of stuff. Got it? Dude, that's, yeah, that's so trippy and but so true. Thank you so much. <laughs> you got it, brother. That was a super important, I mean, right off the bat, 
I mean, this is this is already maybe the best show of all time, Bob. The best thank show you. of all time. Inspired. All right, no, let's but, drop but, the mic. But I'll be yeah. very honest with you, and it probably comes up a lot in my content. But like that was just synthesized to this whole game, and it was very subtle the way he said it. And I, you know, I was yeah. pumped. I got to hear it and wasn't distracted. The promise isn't you work hard, you work hard. That's where everybody's getting caught. Why do you think everybody's in trouble right now with college debt? There's this thought that you, ah, and then yay. Mm-hmm. The whole thing has to be yay, whether it results in dollars that are here, up here, up here. Unless you're in that yay the whole way, you're finished. If you, you're gonna, yeah, you're finished. Like uh, we talk about like being happy, right? Happy is one thing. What's more important is being satisfied, 100%. right? And satisfaction comes from going after that's hard, right? And sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. But it's fulfilling, right? 100%. The fulfillment comes. And, and I, that's when people, like, they want just the happy, like, just the party. When you're a kid, you can just, you know, like, birthday cake is enough. Ice cream is enough. Your life is good enough, right? You become an adult. You're like, you can have ice cream anytime. What do you really want? The problem is, really brother, want? honestly, Bob, I got to tell you, though, I think a lot of people graduate from ice cream to a vacation home. Yeah. I think people are caught in the game. I think people are I confused, you're right. man. Like, to me, the process of making that cake is interesting. The thought of like, can I buy the eggs for a good deal? Can I create a flavor of carrot cake mixed with mint chocolate that nobody's ever done before? Can I be remembered for making great cake? It's, it's, it's the, and the, the irony is like, the less you worry about the end of the journey, in other words, the less you worry about the money you're gonna have for 100%. that house, the more likely you're gonna be successful enough to be able to have that house. Or what you get, or. What you get you, back is satisfying work, enough that you don't need the house. That's for Sure. Or yeah. if your outcome, for me, for me, and you've got a sense of me in the business world, right? I'm not irreverent or disruptive for kicks and giggles. I know that I'm going to be historically correct and I'm trying to trade on legacy. But you're also not afraid to be wrong, right? That is- Right. You're, uh, you're not afraid to be wrong. Not. You're not afraid to. And I also will own it if I'm wrong. Right. I love Yo Bongo. I love passing on Uber twice. I love <laughs> not spending enough on Google AdWords. Wine Library should have been 250 million, not 60. I get it. But like, I love being wrong because I love the game. And if I was wrong, that means the game is pure. And you learn from it, right? Okay. And you learn from it. And just, this is just what life Wait, is like. Geez. We're all wrong Bob, all the time. This is going to be a billion dollar business. And it's going to be a side project compared to what I'm up to next. I'm learning at such a speed and I have all the intuitive understanding of the consumer. Of course, that's the best part. Right. And I didn't need it in my 20s so I could buy a yacht to get girls. I'm not that insecure. And insecurity is what's hurting so much. Well, it's also, it depends what you want. If all yes. you want is the yacht and the girls. You can do that. You can do and that. you know what, by a, the way, that's a different as a life. dude, it sounds fun. You know. I, Jake wants it bad. Jake. <laughs> Jake. I, I, I wouldn't mind it. Okay. <laughs> Let's go to the next question. Clip three, October 22nd, 2018. From the Singapore Business World Q&A. Gary talks about how to find a happy medium between giving value and throwing right hooks and deciding where your business should spend its money for maximum results. Let me ask a question. When you said about content, is it purely content or... Because right now I'm, I'm, I have my Facebook page, so I put out the content about you. <laughs> or the other thing is I put up the content plus call to action, which is come to my training. So 
Which one? Which one is? Do you recommend both? Both. But a lot. frequent. A lot more of the things that are just good content for them. No, no call to action. Jab, 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 right hook. Give, 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 ask. Okay. So the other thing is that the marketing, you said marketing, 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 puts uh, more, spend more money on Facebook and Instagram. So how much percentage you're talking about on, from out of the profit or how much you're talking about? If I put a lot of money, I, I go broke. Well, don't go broke. Yeah, that's what, that's what my question is. But where's the money going? What do, you, what do you mean? Let me help you understand. I run a $200 million company and don't make much money. And then why, why are you still walking? Because I love the process. Okay, but don't you love your life and your wife and your family and your other things? Yes. Yeah. But I also invest in my business because my business is the thing that will let me love my wife and my things forever. But that's, it has to be profitable, isn't it? Of course. So my question is how much percentage as of marketing? Little, as little as possible. Little mean 1%, 2%? That's not the right way to think about it. How much money do you need to take home to pay for your life that you're so happy about? And let me ask you a question. Do you need four sports jackets or three? Do you need 11 pairs of pants or seven? Do you need to go on three vacations or two? My friend, every dollar you put back into your business gives you the potential to have that business be healthier long term. Most people start businesses to take the money out to buy themselves things, which is why they never build long term big businesses. Thank you. I just, I just literally told you up here that I was willing to give up my house on the Upper East Side, my home in the Hamptons, and live in an apartment in Newark. Life and living your life is based on many different things. There's people that make $150,000 a year and then when they make $200,000, they're miserable but they were happy at 150. That's real life. So you're defining your life on an arbitrary number based on how much money you made last year or how much you want to make this year. That is not a mapping to the happiness. Meanwhile, Facebook is one of the best deals of all time happening right now. So you're not gonna invest as much as properly needed because you wanna buy stuff. That, by the way, mazel tov, enjoy. You do you. But that's the debate. Yeah, because a lot of people say, come out from the comfort zone, but I just, the comfort zone because this is this is life. Mazel tov. Just don't complain when your business doesn't grow that much over yeah. the next decade. Yeah. You're not feeding your business. You're feeding yourself. Good. But you better shut up about why am I not growing? You know why you're not growing. You're not feeding it. So to answer your question, why do I do it? Because I love the process more than the other stuff. You love the other stuff more than the process. That's okay. I don't think I'm right. That's just who we are. So I'll probably build billion dollar companies and you won't. Doesn't mean I'm right. You might have more vacations and eat more food and go to more matches and spend more time with people. That's great. Life is about choices. But you can't have both. And I think when there's a moment in time that's special like this, it's probably a good idea to take advantage of it. Because you can go back to being comfortable 
three years later, and oh by the way, that comfortable tends to be far better than it was three years earlier. So just now you said about Facebook, that, the one that you, you gone through the Google ads and all those things, right? So it's like, are you saying that, you know, a few people, a few marketers are saying that Facebook become more expensive this year. So it are you saying that it's gonna be more expensive in coming years? Yes. Thank you. I, and, and by the way, it's still a ridiculous deal. Because when you buy something for $2 and it's $6, you think, you think it's expensive. But if you realize it's actually worth $75. Clip four, October 24th, 2017. From Daily V 315. Gary talks about overhiring and how to decide how many people to hire. One more time. What's your, what's your goal in like black and white? What do you think your goal is? Oh man, I thought about it a lot. It's so easy to go back to revenue, if that makes sense. I mean, sure, of course. That, like, of course. Everybody so thinks that. Like, Revenue's a proxy, of course. So? Um, I want to be able to hire, honestly, at least 500 people. Why that number? Well, at least 500. But why? I want to be you know what I'm most worried about in our couple interactions? Yeah. You're, I feel like you're coming up with arbitrary things. Mm-hmm. Why not 700? Why not at least 9,000? Yeah. Why is it a 500? Can it be 150? Yeah. What does that all mean? Mm. Do you understand? Yeah. Like, I don't think that's the right way to think about it. From my perspective, I could be wrong, yeah. but like, I think it has no actual grounding. I wanted to buy a sports franchise when I was little, and the romantic part, I learned English and I get it, it's cute, I like it, but it was because I wanted to make such a big goal so that I could keep playing forever. Getting to 500 employees is gonna be done real quick if you're good enough, then what? What you don't wanna be is an athlete. A professional athlete is scary to me. You live your whole life, you're growing up, you're gonna be this, and by American standards for athletes, somewhere in your 30s, you're done. And then you're lost. That's why it's fun to see the young athletes wanna be entrepreneurs, because they're all gonna have a lot more to do. It's an arbitrary number, Rach. Pay very close attention to my goal. My goal is so ridiculous. When you start trying to rush to 500, you start overhiring when you don't need it, because it means like you're getting closer to 500. But having 113 or 157 means no real difference. If you want the money, that means you want to buy something. If you, like, I, like when people say to me, believe it or not, it's not about the money, I'm like, uh-huh. Like, it may be the ego of the number because at dinner you want to tell your best friend it's now 13 instead of eight, maybe. I get that, I understand that. Uh, I don't know, but like, what are you gonna do with the money? Like, what do you need? The reason there's so few people that actually get the things because they're the ones who are purebred, don't give a about the things. Purebred, naturally. I didn't manifest this, I didn't force this, I didn't read a book. It came natural to me to not want anything. You need to really figure yourself out because once you figure yourself out, you're cruising. You start rolling. Once you figure yourself out, nobody has leverage on you because once you understand yourself, you start putting yourself in positions to not let a lap people have leverage on you. And I don't want to let you do that. You know? Ooh, this is heavy. It's super heavy. Sorry, I'm pregnant. But Rach, it's yeah, good stuff. You yeah, know what I mean? Really 
You have to go to that next place because you're just throwing things at the wall and I get it. The problem is it's gonna feel real empty when you get there. Clip five, October 26th, 2017, from Daily V 317. In this clip, Gary talks about why he decided to make the jump over to the advertising industry when he was already winning so much in the wine world. Uh, Gary, yes. I was watching one of your videos and uh, I think so you were in Mumbai. Yes. Nine years back. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I was just seeing the number of views on that, there were around 700 views. Probably there, at that time, probably it was around 200 views probably 500 views added in the last three, four years. Right? Makes sense. It must have been a difficult journey for you. Not really, because I love the journey more than the results. My friend, I like it better when I have 200 views. I don't like what's happening now. That's the fundamental difference. You wanna know what the difference is? Mm -hmm. That question and that answer. My favorite times is when nobody knows who I am and when I'm struggling. Cause I love that part. Sure. If you notice, when I started winning in the wine business, I went into this business. My friend, I'm, listen, I think I'm about 36 months away from doing something drastic and doing something completely different that people are gonna tell me. The problem is this chapter elevated me so much that I'm worried that the next thing I'm already gonna, people are just gonna say he's gonna win. I prefer the negative. I pref like I might move to Bingo. Mumbai where nobody knows me just to, just to have that feeling. It wasn't difficult. It wasn't difficult at all. And that's what I'm trying to push people for. When you love it, when it's your heart driving you, it's the most fun, it's liberating. True. Like as long as you're paying for your family's existence, mm -hmm. then you know, and to me that can be as simple as roof and food. People get too fancy. They buy an expensive car and a second home and now they're stuck because they have a mortgage and they have to pay for those things. No, I'm glad you asked that question next because it allowed me to really make you understand. Right. The only part I like is the struggle. I don't like the admiration. I mean look, this feels incredible for people to feel like you're helping them but the, the, the reason I want admiration and fame is because I think I can help. It's a sense of responsibility. It is not a, to me it is, I'm not doing what I'm doing right now out of the, narcissistic vanity reasons, I'm doing it out of a sense of responsibility which is I have an ability to connect with people and if they connect with me, I'm gonna teach them very good values. And for me, especially it skews young male and young males can go down a very bad path very quickly and so if I can get them, I still have that star power to get them attracted and they like it and it's macho and it's alpha <laughs> but underneath my facade is a purity that most of my competitors don't play with and I feel like that is my greatest impact on society. Like if I can do this for the next 40, 50 years, if I can impact a generation of young men to do good things, um, I can have a real impact. Clip six, October 26th, 2017. In this clip, Gary talks about how to decide whether to go all in on your ambition and how to balance that with having a day job. I don't know if I should. So what's the question? So I don't know if I should go all into my ambition. Of course you should. But, just have a but it doesn't mean you need to quit your job. True. All into your ambitions may look like this. I'm gonna work really great at Oracle for the next 10 years and you're gonna look at your wife and say, okay, and we're gonna be smart and we're gonna save even more than normal. We're gonna leave even more humbly because what do we need? And that's gonna allow us to save 
5,000, 10,000, 50,000. I, I don't know your business. I don't need to know your business. But if you save even $10,000 for over 10 years that you would have just spent on dumb shit, that's $100,000. It's enough to start a small business. People don't get caught up in the numbers. Get caught up in the game. You know? Just back to that last answer I gave you. If your ambition is to work for yourself, there's a very big difference between working for yourself and working for yourself and making $40 million a year. You can work for yourself, they can work for themselves at a very low number. You could. It's keeping things in budget. You need to decide what you guys need. Now listen, I would argue a lot of families need two very nice vacations. I understand that. Somebody may need a fancy car because they're insecure and that makes them feel good. I'm okay with anything. I just think that you don't need everything you think you need. So to me it's not about being making $400,000 a year and living in a studio like you're poor. But it is looking at what $220,000 a year and making salary like that and living like it's 150 or making 87 and living like it's 62. I mean, there's, do you know what most people do? They make 115 and live like it's 200 and then debt them whole ways through. For what? To look cool with everybody else? And that's, and that's not even factoring in if the economy gets bad. Do you know what happens to people when they make 125,000 a year and live like it's 200,000 when the economy goes bad? Yeah, we've been living a long time now. You guys haven't even felt a bad economy, globally. Uh, right, you were a baby. I started working at 18. Right. That's, which is very rare in India. So, I don't know. And just even looking at your body language, like, I just don't think you need anything. I wish I documented my 20s and 30s. You know, I didn't have, I mean, we were. Uh, I, I mean, I was 36 years old living, renting, renting a two-bedroom apartment. Oh, at 36? At 36. And I believe that really If I did what most people did, I wouldn't have had the money, because I didn't make that much money, to invest in Twitter and Facebook. I wouldn't have had it. I would have had 25 pairs of Nikes and a Mercedes. And that changed your life as well. And that changed my life at some level. Clip seven. July 6th, 2017, from the Brand Minds keynote. In this clip, Gary talks about the biggest mistake people make when hiring people for their business that prevents them from scaling fast. Okay, so here's my issue. I don't have any problem with the demand portion. Okay. Okay, the minute I go out there, I open my mouth, I'll get, I'll get the business. You don't know how to fill the pipe. <laughs> yes, and I don't know how to duplicate myself because you can't. I can't. I don't know if you heard. <laughs> yes, I know that, but I need to, I really, really need to automate my business you have, and duplicate myself yeah, have, so that I can go home and have a holiday. I understand. So what? There's only two things holding you back. Your inability to operate or your ego. So we just have to dissect it with a couple of questions. What do you sell? I'm in consulting. Great. Why haven't you hired more people to consult? I have. Good. But they're just not up to it. They're just not up to the level. Of, and, uh, and of, hold on, hold on. 
up to whose level? Yours or the client's? The level that I set as a basis to benchmark as what I, I got offer it. as part, as my service. So, so you, real quick, um, who's hiring these people? Me. Okay. So let's play this game together. <laughs> All right. What's, what's about to happen is you're about to get exposed to yourself and then you'll be able to win. You're playing a very fun game of you've got a big ego. I mean it. You've got to wrap your head around this. You're hiring. You've created an arbitrary benchmark that nobody's hitting because you have put yourself on a pedestal at the mercy and the detriment of building a bigger business because you want to self-fulfill that you're so much better. Play with me. You can't, think about what you, go ahead. I'm not willing to lower my standards. So don't, don't scale then. Be a one woman shop. I believe I can do more. I believe we should duplicate this. I mean, I've got the models. I've got everything there. I've basically templated everything that I do. So all you need to do is take the template, follow the SOP, and let's go out, hit the market. How many employees have you had at the height? 12. And how many do you have now? Two. And was it customers firing or them? Me. You. And You're... at one point, yeah. early this year, everyone left. And I'm, I'm fine with that. Why? Because they realized that it was the wrong place for them to be. And I realized that I can't, there's no point for me to keep anyone when they can't do the job. And I'm, I'm, I'm prepared have to you, go there. Have you thought about the possibility of you being a great consultant but a terrible boss? I'm asking, I'm asking. I have that reputation, I know. Okay. <laughs> so thanks for answering. Look, I think you have, I'm being serious with you and the reason I went right at it, I want you to win. It's a game of ego. What people don't understand is that is the problem for all the, the reason I've been able to scale VaynerMedia Many think that I have an ego. I play on confidence, which is what allows me to scale because I don't hold everybody to an arbitrary metric that has no reality other than what's playing in my own head. To me, you've, you're, if you're the one firing or they're quitting because the work environment is exhausting because you keep pounding the drum of some fake Mendoza line of quality needed that you are the judge and jury of and it's some interpretation of how you decide they follow the template, you're just scratching your own ego of how great you are at the detriment of your business. The reason I have 800 employees and high retention is I don't hold any of them to my standard because they don't need to be me to build an actual business. You need to decide if you wanna build a one woman shop or an actual business. Can I tell you something? There's nothing wrong with the one woman shop. The way you'll scale is you may charge for content. You may write a book. You may start getting paid more to speak. You don't, maybe you don't, you know what I mean? And, and when, even when I say it, when I see you react, you don't need to build a 40 person consulting shop because maybe you don't like it. It's not that you're a bad person. It's that you don't want to lower your standards. And if you're stuck in that, well then monetize a different way by expanding a more around you versus trying to build out an actual business around it. Do you know what I mean? 
And that's okay. It doesn't make you a bad person. As a matter of fact, you'll probably be disproportionately more successful because you're being self-aware and enjoying being the one-person band and making your money that way. You don't have to build VaynerMedia. You don't have to build Bain & McKinsey. Be you and be your best self your way and enjoy it. Clip eight, October 8th, 2017. From the meeting with Anna Victoria. Gary talks about why reinvesting money in your business instead of spending money on yourself is important. I know enough about your story. Like, oh, okay. I know enough about that yeah. era of Instagram okay. to know that you were on that wave, I remember. Yeah. Okay, so fast forward to today. Um, pretty much, you know, I've built this brand kind of on accident and but it's been amazing because it's something that I'm passionate about and I'm able to connect with people on and you know I launched the app uh, December 17th so it's been just a few weeks and um, so the launch was great my community um, kind of just freaked out exploded and they're loving it I would just say that where we're at now is we're a pretty small team we're a team of like five and the demand is like exceeding like our potential as a small team. And yeah. Well, let me, let me give you a first big piece of advice. Try to keep less money. Keep less money. Of course. <laughs> Invest more in the company. 100%. Right. Unless you're retiring yeah. next year, the biggest mistake that people that go through what you're going through right now make is they're trying to maximize profit to, to buy the things that the two of you want. Yeah. So they're willing to not hire three more teammates and invest in the business because they want an extra vacation or a bigger bedroom or three more handbags. I mean, that's real. The biggest first piece of advice I would make is the following. There are, Ming, right? Min. Min, spell it. M-I-N-H. There are 7,000 Mins right now. Do you know how pumped Min is too? Do you know how many, (laughs) like you have to understand how this is all playing out. Min's a young woman, Alex, like, you know, like, Iris, there, there are people that are under 25, Alex is way over 25, but <laughs> you are, wow, you look great. Uh, like, but there's a lot of people right now, there's an unbelievable amount of talented 22 to 24 year olds who look up to you, who are willing to work for very little. Yeah. You need to build out your team and take it out of your short term pocket to create long term success. That, I, I, get, I get 40 emails a week minimally of like, I have an MBA, yeah. I've been running a business for four years, I've made, forget about learned, I've made more money in the last six months watching your vlog and listening to your podcast than I did the last six years with all that background. Because you have to understand, this is of the moment. The reason they're so, do you understand that all of you in this room don't realize how smart you are? Because you're in your own bubble? I mean this. You're in the forefront of something which then means you don't understand because then you're only surrounding yourself with other people that are doing the same thing. 99% of the people don't believe what's going on in crushing it. Like when I, and when I wrote the first one, the thought of making money on YouTube or social media was absurd. I mean, the, go read the first Amazon comments of my first book nine years ago. So you've already got the mentality, now let me give you the practicality. Get four people on your team for the cost of what you probably allocated for one. An enormous amount of 22 year olds right now and more next year because they're getting affected in teenage years, every year more, dream job in life is to either be an influencer or work for one. That's just real. 
Like we're excited to read the book. Thank, Thank you. you. Yes, yeah. yes, enjoy. Yeah, that's my MBA. I love it. I think you'll really like it. There's, I hope there's one or two little nuggets that can, you're so in it that it will come natural, but I really actually wrote it for people like you. Like there was like four to seven things that are in there that I'm like, okay, this is the best shit I know yeah. that I think maybe even for the people that know, they may not know. Awesome. Cool. Thank you again. Thank you guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Clip nine. March 28th, 2017. From the Ask Gary V with Logic. A fan asks when he should start thinking about hiring employees to grow his business. I got a business related question. Uh, I've been working since I was 18. Uh, entrepreneur, been you know ups and down obviously with the first three years. You know, you lose money, you make money, it's all the up and down stuff. And definitely to a point to where I'm trying to figure out to where trying to get to an employee to get people under you. I'm just not sure where the right timing is. Obviously trying to trying to juggle, you know, twenty different things from graphic design, photography, production side to everything else, but trying to figure out when is the best time to ask for help or how to get the right help. Do you, can you afford an employee? Um, as of, as of right now, I, I think we can. Um, definitely something we've got to talk to the CPA and kind of figure out what's the best um, best move. Um, but that's probably a question I get. Definitely asking to see what the the budget would be. Did you say CPA? Like you you're, you need to ask your accountant? Yeah, to kind of run down numbers and everything. Cause he does all like the you know the day to day work as far as you know we update the mint and as far as the financial stuff. Yep. But he kind of gives the final decision. Hey, this is how much you guys can get paid. This is how much you guys can do this. You know, so on and so forth. I mean, the, the second you can, aff- are you trying to build a big business? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's always, yeah, that's mm-hmm. definitely the goal to build a big business. It's something that can really start running for itself. Not necessarily like, hey, we'll leave the business, but something to where we can create an infrastructure to really uh, start running for itself and not just always trying to catch what the error is, is um, the at the end of the day. If, if you're trying to build something big, the second you can afford an employee is when you need an employee. And then, because the reality is you can't do everything. Right, and so if you're investing in your long term, invest in your long term. Like you should spend no money on anything. You should buy no fancy stuff, and you should put the money back into the business, and then so you can build up the business. Right? Too many people are talking out of both sides of their mouth. They want to build up a big business, but every time they make a couple of bucks, a little bit of coin, they're buying some dumb, like a new pair of Jordans. That's real. Yeah, that's how we, we we've invested into more like as far as more marketing, more um, you know, stuff services and stuff like that. But do, do you feel do you feel do you feel like you can't get to everything and like you really need that employee? Obviously, you do. That's why you asked it, right? Yeah, I mean, to, to be hundred percent in, in my aspect of the business, I, I think we definitely do. I mean, every every bit of help is where you know when you try to do ten different things. To so keep let's the let's going. let's let's break this down yeah. technically. If you're spending money that you guys are making, not on dumb thank God, but on marketing to get more opportunities, you're, you're better off not spending that money on more opportunities and putting it into employees so that you can then, when you have enough to spend on new marketing opportunities, take all that opportunity. If you're getting your sales ahead of your delivery or, or what you guys can handle, then you're gonna struggle. Okay. The other thing is, you brought up something very subtle, which is the right person. It's not about the right person when you hire them, it's about knowing when to fire them. Gotcha, I think that is my, my biggest concern to win. Everybody's when so crippled, right my man, everybody's so crippled by the hire. They think, everybody's got ego around the hire. They're like, oh, I'm so good at this, I got a process, I've got good people skills. I think I got the best EQ of all time and I've hired so many schlemiels, I can't even count them. 
Because everybody's their best PR version when they're, when you're trying to hire somebody, you know how it is, the cliche, hey, tell me one of your flaws. Oh, sometimes I work too hard. Yeah, yeah, everyone always says the same things, but you know, you have to get to the really nitty-gritty. Just hire, hire on that intuition, feel it, and then if it's not right six months later, three months later, or if you know five days, I've I've fired people five days in, it might take three or four months because I want to be fair, but I'm like, I'm in trouble. I just know right away that something doesn't taste right. So don't be crippled by the hiring. Know to be good about the firing and then you can hire. You should hire somebody, gotcha. by the way, everything tells me you should hire somebody tomorrow. Be fired. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. Okay. All right, my man. That's Thanks for calling. Perfect. Hey, quick, quick thing for both of you guys. Logic, I mean, you're absolutely amazing. I actually do follow your music and uh, definitely keep it up. Very, very inspiring. And, Thank uh, you, Gary, dude. you as well. Um, both of you guys are just amazing. And Gary, I would definitely be sending you over at the end to do some business for you guys first. For definitely some merchandise for you guys. Thank you, my man. So wait, when you saw that we were both together, if you're fans, were you just like, holy like peanut butter and jelly? Uh, I mean, pre- pretty much. I mean, I-, I follow your work as far as your podcast. I listen to every single morning. And as far as, uh, you know, Instagram Live, right when you clicked up, I thought, okay, then you can actually see, because I've actually never watched you on Instagram Live. Got so it. So then, yeah, you know, I put my number down a, a couple of times. <laughs> you know, hope for the best. All right, my man. Take care of yourself. Best of luck. Thank you, Gary. Clip 10. November 1st, 2017. During a keynote at Madison Square Garden, Gary answers a question about quitting your job to go all in on your passion. Let's do one more. Okay. Um, <laughs> when do you quit your job and go all in? When do you quit your job and go in? When you can afford it. Happiness is so unbelievably addictive. And it makes me so sad that so many of you created golden handcuffs for yourself that aren't letting you leave your job because you need to make 130,000 a year now because you wanted 700 more square feet in your apartment or you wanted a BMW instead of a Toyota and so you're not happy because you wanted two or three things that mean absolutely nothing. I promise you, when you've tasted both, when you both, when you meet people that have tasted both, I make 180,000 a year and I have stuff but I'm not happy and then I went making 94,000 a year, but I'm doing what I love, and I'm super happy, and I have a little less stuff, it's not even close to a debate. So I implore all of you to really dig deep inside of yourselves and try to figure out why you need that stuff. I'm gonna save you time. You're trying to close an insecurity gap. Let me give you another huge hint. Everybody out there too, so do you. Hey guys, just gave my first talk ever 